Hello, hello, and welcome to the Grind Season Podcast. This is Anthony Sane, one of the co-hosts of the Grind Season Podcast, here with my good friend Jason Smith of the Jason and John Show, which you can hear on 92.9 FM ESPN here in Memphis, Tennessee, Monday through Friday from 11 to 2 p.m. They are, of course, an Odyssey station. Jason Smith, what to do, my brother? Man, I'm, you said we're good friends. I feel like we're even tighter friends now, Sane, because you <laughs> held it down. You held my 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 son down over the weekend. Yeah. You're allowing me and my my lovely wife to get out for a night. So I feel like I feel like we've never been tighter, bro. I thank you again mm-hmm. for that. I uh, had a wonderful Saturday evening because of you. Set it yeah. aside from you know and needed it. Same based on all the all the Grizzlies news we've seen of late. Yeah, man, we joke all the time about how uh, we see each other a lot. You know, what I mean, we do this podcast twice a week. Our sons are in martial arts together. Uh, they're both playing basketball this year, so we're going to each other, trying to go to each other's games, all those type of things. We definitely are uh, not just doing this uh, out of obligation, for sure. Uh, I can tell you some guys in the city who are, <laughs> but I won't, I won't reveal that information to you all today. Uh, Jason Smith, um, as far as uh, information being revealed is concerned, we had a busy weekend here. Yes, we did. In the city of Memphis, a wild weekend, man. Um, a lot of emotions, a lot of frustrations. Um, starting with the Denver Nuggets game, um, the Grizzlies look good in that game, man. They look good through a lot of stretches of that game. They shut down in the fourth quarter, um, and, and Denver was able to pull it out at home. You know, I was ready to come in and talk about that. I was ready. You know, I thought that was the, the worst we could talk about. Dylan Brooks got a suspension um, after 16 technical fouls. I was prepared to talk about that today. I was getting ready to throw some salt on. That was going to be my seasoning. The Dylan Brooks is going to have some salt thrown on him. But uh, too much salt, too much seasoning. I had that ready. But we won't be doing any seasoning today, Jason Smith. Mm. Uh, very melancholy weekend. Um, uh, with starting with that loss, of course, uh, the injury to Brandon Clark, and of course, uh, the John Morant situation, which we will definitely talk about today. Uh, we will, of course, open up the show talking about what has been national uh, NBA news, not just national NBA news, but just national news, uh, even bigger than sports. Uh, the situation with John Morant, uh, here with the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, of course, you guys are listening to the Grind Season podcast on the free odyssey app as well as uh, wherever you're listening to the podcast make sure you guys are subscribing make sure you follow us on twitter at the grind season pod it's s-z-n you already know that because you probably typed that in to find us um we also will talk about uh brandon clark uh suffering an injury that probably will keep him out until this time next year it's usually a 12-month injury um so you're looking at the rest of this season and probably all of next year's regular season as well for Brandon Clark. We'll talk about that. And we'll wrap up the show and actually talk about some on-the-court stuff, which was another Grizzlies meltdown against the Denver Nuggets. And I'm sorry, against the Los Angeles Clippers on Sunday night. You will talk about that and more here today on the Grind Season Pod. But going back to what we said, what is clearly uh, the biggest news of the weekend, John Morant, uh, Demetrius Jamel, Morant, we'll call him by his legal name. Somebody called him Ja Warrant, as in warrant for arrest, which mm. was, I ain't gonna lie, this shit was funny. I ain't gonna lie, it was funny. <laughs> I'm not gonna, um, I'm not gonna call him that today, even though I already did. But we will talk, we'll open the show talking about the John Morant situation. 
Um, woke up Saturday morning um, after the Denver Nuggets lost. Got a tweet from you, Jason Smith. Showing me the information. Yeah, you got a text from you. I'm sorry. That uh, was a tweet from one of the the uh, the news conglomerates, one of the 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 you know the, the guys who kind of what's it called when you com, com, compile you resend out information that's are you're not putting out your own original information, but you just ag- ag- aggregator. Aggregators, or yeah, one of the one of the NBA aggregators. You sent me one of those tweets uh, about John Morant. Uh, looked at it very early in the morning. Started checking other sources that confirmed it was true. Looked up some video to see if it was real. One Photoshop. Um, what were your immediate reactions when you saw the clips of John Morant uh, with the with the with the glizzy in his hand out um, in a what, what was it a strip club a, a club where were they what, was it, it was lo- looked like a, a strip club uh, outside of outside of Denver um, and I, uh, the immediate reaction was huh can't believe this immediate reaction was is this kid this must be fake right because there's no way he's this stupid. You would make this dumb a decision with everything he already had swirling around him. The Washington Post story just came out last week, which detailed the two summer incidents. You just had the NBA investigate you for an alleged gun incident with Mm -hmm. the Pacers. So the last thing you need to be doing, you know, when the block is hot, you know, the block was hot for John Morant. And here he is with the block hot, flashing a gun in this instance. It's like it's, it's the most... It's it's the most uh, uh, you know insane decision you could make considering again the circumstances and so then you get to okay was he in his right mind you clearly see folks drinking in the background of this club mm-hmm. uh, everything else and you have to ask yourself that we've seen Jai in situations where he's drinking you know tequila whether it's on the way to the All Star whatever game and and you and and saying I'm factoring that in not to accuse him of anything or to say well the guy must have been but but. You don't make decisions like that with circumstances surrounding you like that unless, you know, there's some substance you would think involved. I know that's when I've made, you know, some of my worst decisions in life, even when I was supposed to more important, when I was supposed to know better, would mm-hmm. still make those types of, of dumb decisions, right. stupid decisions. We've all made those kinds of mis- decisions. The thing for John Moran is it feels like saying uh, to sort of bottom line, the instant reaction is, you know, it does feel like it's still you can overcome these mistakes, but the the real concern is now we're seeing a pattern of whether it's you know Ja trying to put a certain image of of hardness out there, whatever else, where there appear to be continued mistakes, and you wonder at, at what point, right? Uh, does he learn? Does, does it take one where to your point somebody's getting arrested? You know, is he going to get to that point? I know Colorado police are investigating him, but. I don't know that anything, at least illegal, is going to come of that. Mm-hmm. All that said, we know the NBA is investigating. So if that leads to bigger questions in terms of what could come down. They've already investigated him once, like we said, for a gun incident. So uh, really, it's what were you thinking is your initial reaction saying. Now we're left with, you know, whether this thing, you know, we've talked a lot about what what Ja could lose individually with some of the sponsorship right. and everything. You no know, Nike came. But if you're talking about a situation where the NBA decides to come in and suspend him, you could talk about how it could affect the Grizzlies this season. There are so many layers to this story, but it all goes back to, again, what was going through John Morant's mind when he decides to, to do that on, on, uh, on early Saturday morning, whenever it was. Yeah. When I, when I saw it and I saw people reacting to it, fans, um, 
shout out to the people in, in the Twitter spaces. Uh, my boy Mivis Wilcox, he, he popped one open pretty early. And just I got a chance to actually hear fans, you know, kind of talking about it, you know, in real time. And um, shout out to everybody that participated in that. Um, my initial thought was he doesn't get it. And that's just, it's just all that just kept running through my mind. Like he clearly just doesn't understand the ramifications of what he's doing. Um, things that didn't cross my mind were this young man needs help. Um, things that didn't cross my mind were, um, you know, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't a real blowing the bag type thing. You're hearing that a lot from people like endorsements and, and, you know, uh, Nike deals and, you know, NBA, uh, putting the, the harness of the league on him and letting him go forward. A lot of those type of things. I started thinking about real world stuff, like his life, man. You know what I mean? Like, I'm like, dude, I started thinking about, um, there's a rapper that I don't know anything about, but I heard an interesting story about him a few months ago. A guy by the name, I think his name is PNB Rock. You heard the story about him? Mm-hmm. He was in LA and some dude came on Instagram, you know, talking shit to him. Um, his girlfriend posted on Instagram that, that, that the two of them were out. They went out to get chicken and waffles at Roscoe's. And the guy was killed in broad daylight in L.A., you know what I mean? Pretty certain that was a father-son tandem that did that, too. Yeah, it was something like that. And my thing is, like, Ja, Ja, you are an extremely famous dude, bro. Anywhere you go in the world, people are going to know who you are. If you're out in a club, you're going live on Instagram, and if you're signaling people to, okay, this is where I am, you know what I mean? Like, if anybody in that town recognizes that spot, there are going to be people waiting on you outside that door. You know what I mean? And those type of thoughts start crossing my mind, bro. Cause it's like, life is so sensitive, man. And like anything can happen. And it's like, you're flashing the gun, you're doing this, you're doing that. You out, you drinking, you with, you with your boys. And it's like, I'm, I'm not going to tell you don't enjoy that life, but you have to be responsible with everything, man. You have a beautiful toddler young you know soon to be she's a walking and talking little girl now i remember seeing ja his rookie season um on a on an atlanta game i went to went on a road trip to atlanta and ja was in the tunnel with his uh baby mama and and kari who is still a um a very small baby like you that you carry in the you know the little thing the little you know you know with the handle on it an infant yeah. yeah, she was an infant. And I remember seeing a very young John Morant being a young dad with their child. And I was like, bro, like, this is the internet. These are things that you're, that girl's going to grow up to see one day. You know what I mean? And those type of thoughts were crossing my mind. More real world stuff than just losing endorsements, blowing the bag. And I just wonder, does he get it, man? And and um, I think he clearly doesn't. And I think that with the statement that he made, uh, the way this is being handled by the team, the sense of urgency, it seems like, around it how uh, other NBA players within the uh, the fraternity of the NBA are chiming in uh, positively and negatively. And uh, kind of contrary to what people are thinking, there are more people that are saying things to John in love, even in criticism, than there are people being all out negative about uh, the whole situation. But um, I, don't think, I don't think this is a wake-up call, man. I think this is a call to urgency. You know what I mean? This is a call to action um, for John. I think, I think the wake-up call time is kind of over. Um, and I, and I think he's going to come out on top of this 
I think that uh, this city is going to continue to put love on him. I think that when he comes back, you'll see a tremendous ovation for him. Um, and I, and I want to talk about today the people who ask, because in his statement he, he made, he came out, he talked about how he uh, needs to do things to deal with stress and deal with, you know, how he handles certain things and his well-being and all those type of things. And a lot of people are kind of mocking that or laughing at it, you know. Uh, but I think that's something else that I want to talk about today, too, to, to kind of get your thoughts on that, because I think that's a I think that's a real thing, man. I think we and all the things we've talked about with John, I know I'm being long with in this in his first introductory question, but I know I'm being long with it. But of all the things we talked about, you know, like John just don't you know, he's not about that life. He's not a thug and he's hanging with the wrong crowd. and He's making bad decisions. We've never really asked a question. Can he help it? You know what I mean? Like, is there something mentally that's kind of binding him to this? You know what I mean? To this lifestyle, to this way of thinking, to this way of acting. And I think that's something we should have uh, a conversation about today. I mean, uh, hopefully he gets whatever whatever help that he needs. Uh, you, you talked about it when you touch on well-being and dealing with stress. Um, the funny thing is, is is we have lauded Ja for being so mature beyond his years when it comes to the basketball court. Mm -hmm. like we've been saying that for years and we had sort of crowned him as this again, mature beyond his years mm -hmm. uh, player that's got this team on fast forward and ahead of schedule, but, but, and, and maybe in doing so uh, had assumed that he's got it all figured out too, that when you right. hand him this max contract extension, when all of these, uh, you know, powerhouse brands come and say, we want you. We assume that he's going to handle it as well as he's handled everything else in his life, as well as he handled being overlooked, right, as a prospect and the way that drove him to everything else to to his first, what, four years as a as a basketball player on the court. And, and you almost assume it's going to be easy for him. A guy like that's going to make the right decisions like he typically does on a basketball court. And, and to your point that you just made, Man, we don't, we, you know, I know we we think we know how Ja came up in terms right. of parenting, in terms of uh, uh, the schools he came up in and all that, but you have no idea in terms of what's going on, on upstairs, what he's dealing with. Now, I say that saying to say, um, okay, but go seek the help. Right. And I think Ja's finally, and this admission of, I've got to, I got to do something, I got to mm -hmm. change something. Finally, you needed that because I'm going to be real honest with you saying previously, even all the way up to last week with the Washington Post story and really focusing their ire on Candace Buckner's error and saying the job pointed the gun, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, even in doing they've been defiant. He's been defiant right. sort of as the world is after me. For me, that's, yeah. the, that's the wrong attitude it's, if it's, it's truly you it's that has yeah. an issue and needs to address it. And so I say all that to say, Hopefully now in this admission of I've got to get some help, that that defiance that uh, the world is out to get me attitude goes away. That needs to die. Because you can't change, saying right. if you think that, it, you know, if you're in defense mode all the time, thinking mm -hmm. it's everybody else and not yourself. So hopefully that reflect that introspection, uh, whatever the self-reflection, all of that uh, in seeking that help really helps him to say, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. It ain't so much, at least right now, you know, because I'll be honest with you, say everything that the that's come back at him of late, he's done it to himself. Mm -hmm. no, no one caught him in the strip club with a camera 
yesterday or Saturday or Saturday morning. Yeah, early he Saturday morning. on his own phone on his own account and went live. And the man it. did it to himself. Right. And so again, it's self-inflicted. And hopefully again, he realizes this ain't folks out to get you. This is you putting everything at risk, including to your point, mm -hmm. you know, your image, not, not so much for the world and for the, for the sponsors, man, for your daughter and for your family. Right. They're, you know, uh, uh, and flashing a 22, man, that, no. that, there, there's nothing cool it like is. a tweet. There's nothing hard about flashing a little 22, right. you know. <laughs> and, um, and I don't even think he was trying to be hard, man. I just think it was just a silly thing. But yeah, know. like, here's the gun. Yeah, I got gun. You know, the folks yeah. say, I, you know, the guns. Yeah. Even if yeah. it was just silly, like. Yeah, it's just goofy. I mean, it's well, just. You just had a gun incident investigated. Right. You you being accused of having one in your. In your right. in your in your waistband, dealing with a seventeen year old. Right, and, and it makes you and it makes you. I had this conversation with some of the people in in one of the Twitter spaces, and I was like, we have to stop the whole, you know, fake news, and they're just coming out the job. No, man, this makes you look at everything like exactly. Let me go back and look at some of the stuff I've defended, John. You know what I mean? I haven't been defending John. I've been saying, bro, you got to get this together. I've been the one. We've been the ones on this show every week saying, "Hey, John's got to get this together. That's not cool. Like this isn't this isn't a witch hunt. These where there's smoke, there's fire. There's something real about this." And, and I'm still here today saying that, man. Like it, it makes you wonder, like the Pacers thing we talked about. Something happened, man. If if nothing happened, but John and his crew pulled up on other NBA players, or somebody from John's crew pulled up on other NBA players after the games, that was dead ass butt naked wrong, man. You just don't do that. Like you don't. You don't take any confrontation and then pull up on dudes in any type of threatening manner, man. And and I don't and you know it's just it's just too much, man. And, and as far as the mental part, I know some people are saying like, okay, like what kind of like what is he saying? Like what what kind of help are you talking about? If there's something in him, I'm just gonna throw out examples. I'm just spitballing examples of stuff where this could be a mental issue. And I'm not trying to say Jai has a problem, but sometimes we all have things that we don't really deal with well. You know what I mean? I'm, mm -hmm. I'm the type of person where I, I really was at one time was not able to compartmentalize interactions on Twitter. If anybody says something to me, I could have a hundred I could have 99 people saying something positive about me on Twitter, but that one negative person on Twitter would just ruin my day. And I feel like I had to say something to that person. And I've kind of gained that reputation for being that until I had to go inside of me and realize, okay, this isn't worth me being triggered about. I had a conversation with a friend of mine who was upset about something somebody said on Twitter and, and, and they were like, you know, I, he said this and I don't like that. I said, look, why do you give a fuck? <laughs> like, seriously, like, fuck it. Go enjoy your day. Go unplug, get log off, go to you, go have fun. But what I'm, what I'm said all that to say this, if there's something in John Morant that makes him feel like I have to be, I have to live up to this reputation because as a, as a kid, my, I lived I lived a life where my dad, you know, created a, a, a basketball court environment for me where I didn't go play in the park. I didn't have the I didn't have the pickup game created. All the games I played were in my backyard with, with kids that were invited over to my house or I, I played for a private school or it, or whatever. Or whatever he's trying to live up to. If if that's a if that's a trigger, if that's a thing, that's something that he needs to sit down and talk to somebody about. If if when he gets around certain people, he turns into another personality. That might be something that he needs to sit down and talk to people about. If there's alcohol on the table to drink and he feels like he has to drink it to the point where he's acting a fool, that might be something he needs to sit down and talk to somebody about. If he has issues with his dad 
where, man, I feel like my dad's my fucking friend or my brother or my uncle instead of my dad. That might be something you need to sit down and talk to somebody about. You know what I mean? If, if you have a, 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 a rejection complex where, man, I was, I knew I was a better, one of the better high school players in the country and I never got the recognition I was supposed to get. That might be something you need to sit down and talk to somebody about. And that's cool. You know what I mean? If you know, if if I get around certain dudes and they they turn me into another dude, and I don't have the ability to say no, that might be something you need to sit down and get some help about, man. And if any of those things apply to John Morant, I hope he gets the help he needs, for sure. And 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 I'm not mad at him for it. And I don't care how long it takes because, bro, like like we said, there are so many things that he's putting on the table that that shouldn't be on the table as far as things he can lose, and that's money endorsements i was listening to chris harrington and jeff Calkins today i know i'm long-winded again y'all i apologize but this is something i'm very passionate about because this, this is the mentor in me man you know what i mean seeing a young man going down the wrong path but um jeff Calkins, chris harrington said he they reminded us that hey jar is up for the supermax this summer if jar isn't elected to one of the three all nba teams he's up to lose an estimated 40 million dollars bro that can happen. And right now, today, do you see people voting John Morant as one of the on one of the NBA teams just for the optics of it? Not to mention he may miss several games, you know, going right here. Yeah, it depends on how the rest of this plays out. Yeah, how, you know what I mean? We don't know. Yeah. But there might be people saying, no, man, I'm not voting for John. Like he's got stuff going sure. on. Yeah, that can happen, bro. He, he could lose $40 million for, for just bad decision making in this calendar year. Um and, and I'll throw this out to you, Smith. Is is I'm gonna I'm gonna get off of the the schedule we had a little bit as far as the John Moran section is concerned. We're we're using a lot on this segment. It's good stuff, and it's a good segment. But um, so I'm not gonna apologize for that. But um, T. Morant, man, there's been a lot of attention towards T, but a lot of attention towards the Memphis Grizzlies as far as they should have done more. They should have been more proactive about this. Uh, almost like they create a babysitting environment for John, where they've kind of let him do whatever. A lot of talks about T and the, the parenting of this whole thing. Any thoughts you have on that as far as uh, uh, – like, you know, as far as could T, could T have done more? What could T do as well as the Grizzlies? Well, I'm, I, listen, I, I, we had this discussion today too, and I know a lot of blame T. I saw a lot of, well, if he was my son, I would have whooped his tail, and that would have mm-hmm. straightened him out. And you realize that Ja Moran is not a – you know, for those for those real, you know, those that are that quick to judge or to weigh in and it's uh, trying to oversimplify things. Man, Jaws a grown man. We're not talking about a 13, 14 year old that then he wasn't chaperoned in the club. (laughs) As I said, once I was a grown man, felt like I was raised right, had my father. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I still screwed up many, many times, despite the advice that he Mm -hmm. had given me. So I and I know some will say T's boisterous, uh, uh, sideline antics or all that or hyping up his son is a is a part of this i don't believe i don't believe that to be the case at all you know jaw is a grown man making uh grown man mistakes at this point you cannot mm-hmm. blame t Morant. he clearly john martin made this point my partner on our show on uh on 929 um we're gonna double edge sword this from what we can tell t Morant gave jaw a great upbringing you know what right. I'm saying? At, at, at a a great on. family life. You know what I'm saying? Like at, as a black father, he did it the right way. And look, look at where it he it helped his son. Mm-hmm. And so now we're going to double edge it and try to say bad father because his yeah. son, you know, is is in a strip club and flashing up. Cannot blame T. Moran is my point. Now yeah. with the Grizzlies and there were, you know, that it was one I wanted to get to with you. 
their responsibility level in this, um, you cannot blame that organization. I heard Michael in this sense. I heard Michael Wilbon uh, uh, suggest today on pardon the interruption that the Grizzlies, although he wasn't placing full blame on them, not having anyone 30 or over on the roster can contribute to things like this, not having those old vets in a locker room to help. And again, you know, that's an, that uh, can old vets help young. Yes. We knew Jay Crowder helped John Morant early in his career, you know, that, that first year. Um, but that, that, that to me oversimplifies things too. He laid it at the feet of the Grizzlies. Like who doesn't have a, a roster with over 30 year olds on it? Like, what are you thinking? Again, I don't think we can simplify it to that point. Now, are there things that the Grizzlies perhaps, you know, having again, the franchise's oddly first true real superstar mm-hmm. may have decided, you know what, we're going to let it roll. We're going to let him roll on this one. Or we're going to have his back on this one in an instance right. where maybe they needed to draw some harder lines. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think possibly, but again, you can't lay anything at the feet of T wholly at the feet of T or the Grizzlies. I do think, um, you know, Setting aside the fact that, of course, you want to as a small market franchise, hold on, hold on to John Moran as long as you want to. You you have got to at this point, and 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 perhaps we heard some of it from Taylor Jenkins. You have got to take a harder line because in in get if you continue to give him passes on everything, you're mm-hmm. only, you will only you know only uh, serve to enable uh, in some instances or or you know maybe not curb or at least let him know how serious this is. So. I do think in terms of an organization, you have to take a harder stance. I don't think that if you that it's 100 percent saying that you got a 31 and 32 year old in that locker room, a Thaddeus Young type, that John yeah. Moran is not is 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 100 percent not making these kinds of mistakes. So uh, but I do. I mean, I'm interested to hear what you think in terms of the the Grizzlies responsibility level and all this. Yeah. Um, as far as T goes, um, I would just say this. I said this on Twitter. Jeff uh, echoed my tweet today on his show. Um, I'll just kind of go into detail. Uh, I was having a conversation with my brother. My brother is 19 years older than me. My brother was 19 years old when I was born. My mom had me when she was around 40 years old. And he was like, little bro, man, you don't really understand. Like the version of dad you see is nothing like the dude that I grew up with. This is my brother telling me this, bro. I said, what you mean? He was like, man, he's just not the same dude. <laughs> he, was like, he was like, man, when we dealt with dad back in the day, there were certain things that we said or did them, like we would immediately duck because we knew dad was swinging. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he just wasn't the same dude, man. He was like he's super stressed out, like, you know, short tempered, like going off and just really dealt with us totally different than how he dealt with you. And he said, but I don't look at that as a bad thing because dad matured. He said, the, he said when dad had me, dad was like in his early 20s, you know, trying to figure out life. You know, mm-hmm. trying to get his money together. And by the time you came along, they kind of had things a little bit more figured out financially. You know, I mean, he was he was wiser. He was five kids into this. You were the fifth one. And my he said something that really resonated with me. And he said, my dad, he said, me and my dad, me and our dad were becoming men at the same time. He said, when when I was around 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, figuring out how to how to become a man. My dad was learning that also on the fly while being a young man in his 20s. And I was like, shit, bro, that's some pretty deep shit. He's like, yeah. Like he said, just, just keep that in mind. And I'm going to apply that to T. Morant. T. Morant had a job when, when he was, if I'm not mistaken, 18 years old. 
He was a, a, a D1 level basketball player, if I'm not mistaken. He was about to be a D1 level basketball player, if I'm not mistaken. He gave up his dream to play basketball to do the right thing and raise his child. When in so many cases in our community, we see young men who get teenage girls pregnant and they do not do the best thing. And he didn't just say, OK, I'll be around. I'll come see the baby or whatever. He got with John Morant's mom as a teenager. You know, what I mean, he started a career as a barber, I believe. And he stayed at home and raised John Morant his entire life. He didn't have a normal 20s like most young you know, African-American men do. He didn't have an average 30s like most African-American do, men do. He dedicated his life to John Morant. So I think because of that, two things may have happened. I think that he, um, I think his relationship with his son became more of a big brother because me and my brother are 19 years apart. If we're the same age difference as John and his dad are. I could never look at my brother like me and my freaking dad. You know what I mean? <laughs> but, but but there are things that he says to me that I'll listen to, but I just imagine like, dude, that's crazy. You know what I mean? If, that, if that's who your dad was. And what I'm trying to say is those those two young men, even at this age, whatever age T is, I think it's like maybe 40, 41, something like that, around our age. He's There are certain things, Jason Smith, that I, Anthony, saying at 43, am learning to do as a father. I didn't raise Gabe the same way I raised Sabrina, who's 22. You know what I mean? Like there, there's there's a, a learning curve in it. And I'm not giving him, I'm not giving excuses, but I am giving grace to T. Morant that his parenting situation may not look like not just every white person's uh parenting, but every not every black person's parenting is not gonna look like his either, because it's a very unique parenting situation, man, where he came in as a full-time dad at 18, 19 years old. Like we don't you don't often see that a lot. So that that may look more like a brother friend cousin uncle type relationship more so than a dad and t at 43 is probably still learning how to father his 23 year old son who also happens to be one of the richest men in america and most popular people in america paying his bills you know what i mean all these type of things shout out to Jalen rose some of the points he made so that's what i'll say as far as that go that parenting dynamic is strange man so you have to kind of bend that a little bit um you know what i mean so um and also on the memphis grizzlies I will give a little bit more criticism than what you're doing, than what you're giving. I'm not going to say it's particularly because of the roster, because when Jay Crowder was here, John Morant wasn't John Morant. He wasn't this job. He wasn't, he was John with, you know, just growing a little, little twist in his head. And now John's got a full lines man full of dreads with his, you know, I'm trying to say he's, he's, he's a grown ass man in, in the game now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's a NBA superstar with a shoe coming out. And, uh, uh, you know, these type of things, Sony, Marvel Studios, Powerade. He's on his second sports drink deal. You know what I mean? You know he's doing he's doing this type of stuff. Uh, you know, he's that he's a whole nother beast now. So I don't I don't I don't really, I think at this point that whole thing is uh, just is, is is gone. I think that thing is far gone. Um, but I will say that disciplinary wise. There are certain things that Ja has done, has been doing since he's been here that they haven't dealt with. And now it's, it's created a monster that they may not be able to deal with. And I, I, I like what they're doing now. I like how they're standing beside him and they're making sure he gets the help or time off he needs and not just giving him a pat on the back. They're making him feel this. And I do, I do like that. I do appreciate that. But I do think that there were certain things that they probably could have came in uh, earlier to, uh, to deal with. But it's, as we wrap up this segment – as you wrap this up, I will say that uh, I think both of us do support Ja. I know both of us support Ja. Cool. I know both of us want to see him uh, do well. 
our kids love him to death. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this city loves him to death. And I know that when he comes back, uh, he'll get everyone in this city's full support. Um, but th the nonsense has to stop. I don't care whether it takes mentoring, therapy, um, discipline, whatever it takes. Uh, an encounter with, with the Lord Jesus Christ or whatever. <laughs> I don't care what you go do, man. Buddha, Muhammad, whatever, whatever it takes, whether it takes spiritual discipline, whatever it takes for Jabba Rant to be the best version of himself. I think everyone under the sound uh, of this podcast uh, agrees that we want to see that happen. And, of course, you guys are listening to the Grind Season podcast with Jason Smith and Anthony Sane. Make sure you guys subscribe on uh, the free Odyssey app or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you guys again for uh, tuning in to episode number 34. Um, two quick segments we'll get, get into as we uh, finish the show. Brandon Clark, of course, mm -hmm. uh, suffered a season-ending Achilles tear. Uh, I hope I diagnosed that correctly. Um, the Achilles is, is always a, a very – Bad injury, especially the guys who rely on their athleticism the way that Brandon Clark does. I heard Chris Harrington talking about Dwight Powell being a similar type of player, Brandon Clark, who took about a year to come back. The timing of it is just disgusting, man, because he suffered it in the end, almost, you know, towards the end of the regular season. It's a 12-month injury, so he's going to miss all of this year, the playoffs. Most of next year, um, probably be back, hopefully, you know, around this time or hopefully right before the playoffs. Yeah, man, just such a such a gut just a blow to him personally, man. Um, we can talk about replacements, what other guys can do on the team, but to lose Brandon Clark for Brandon Clark to miss that much time. It's terrible, man. Especially the guy who, who you rely on that type of athlet, his athleticism too much, so much you worry about what he's going to look like when he comes back uh, real fast. Um, what do you think? Do, do you think, do you think it's as simple as, you know, once Steven Adams comes back, you slide Tillman in or, do, is there something else you think they can do as far as a 10-day or signing some guys a free agent? How much do they even care about the playoffs at this point? Um, what, what are your thoughts on just quick reaction on the Brandon Clark injury and in, in the aftermath of it? Uh, it's devastating because he's – you probably – you could argue he's been your most consistent player off the bench this year, which shoot 65 66% from the floor, 10 points per game. You just know what you're going to get every night from Brandon Clark in a year where your bench has been up and down. So he's so valuable – in terms of pickups, you know, maybe you need to do something at this point. I know they've been encouraged by what they've seen from Xavier Tillman, and then you expect – doesn't mm -hmm. sound like it's going to be against the Lakers, but you expect soon to have Steven Adams back. So, I don't know. I, I, could see, I could see a case, a scenario where that front office convinces itself we don't need to go make any moves. Um, that said, I'm not sure those guys you can, you can count on. You know, Tillman to keep giving you what you're giving. I'm not sure you can fill that hole again. It's not just Brandon Clark, you know, high efficiency. It's what you mentioned, the athleticism, the tapping mm -hmm. balls out uh, to help you get those second and third chance opportunities, you know, uh, uh, you know, combined with what Steven Adams does for you. It's one of the reasons why you've been so, you know, so dominant in terms of paint scoring too. Mm -hmm. um, he is so valuable. Uh, it's I, I don't know that you can measure what you've lost because, again, um, man, they – it may be a point now saying, you know, depending upon what the, the league determines with John Morant in terms of whether or not he'll miss any time, you know, the, things could be in complete disarray uh, yeah. uh, at this point. Uh, because and, and what's crazy is it just it felt like after that win over the Nuggets, you know, here in Memphis, like you were so close. Yeah. Like the only thing you needed was Steven Adams and you really had a shot. I don't know. Maybe that's the fear coming out of me that, you know, now Sacramento's just one behind you. Yeah. 
there's the unknown about how long job be out. The bench has been so up and down, but man, I, I don't know that you can uh, sort of quantify uh, how, how big a loss Brandon Clark is for a team that, yeah. you know, that that's come to rely on him as much as they had, like you said. So uh, I, I, I don't know that they can feel that whole saying, and I don't, I don't know. I'm not convinced that this front office will say, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We're, 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 we're so close this year that we're going to go out and try to add something to, to fill in for him. So I suspect yeah. they'll just move on business as possible and do what they've typically done, which is next man up. Next man up. Yeah. Right now they didn't do, they, they made Kenneth Lawson available, but they didn't play um, junior the other night. Mm -hmm. um, then without Dylan, Dylan can play some, a little power forward too. They brought Zaire in. He didn't play either. Um, I, I, I just, I don't understand not playing Kenneth Lawson though. I'm like, I mean, would he really have killed you? You know what I mean? Like, and, and he's a guy who I think over time, if 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 you got him on this same linear path where you got Conchari in, and did you use Conchari in when he was a two-way player? You saw Conchari play in these type of situations. You know what I mean? I don't understand why they're not um giving mm -hmm. giving Lofton a chance. Because you know if anything, he can put the ball, you know, in the hole. So and and I think over time. I think next year when he, when when he comes into the flow, if they you know decide to keep him in the flow, I think he can probably you know relieve some of those minutes as well to kind of give you a, a change of pace. But but I'm I think I think we're fine, man. I think Tillman can cover a lot of the things BC did. Um, might be a better defender than than Clark was, a little stronger, a little bulkier yeah, than Clark. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm down for that. I think he'll I think he'll be okay as far as that goes. And and once Stephen Adams is back. Um, I definitely think that you know, you know, he'll be able to to hold it down. Hopefully, we see some more uh, Jaron and, and Tilly. Not, I'm sorry, Jaron and Santi uh, mm -hmm. lineups going forward. So I'm not really super stressed about the whole uh, Brandon Clark thing. Wish him, you know, healthy recovery. It's just hard to feel. Uh, it's just hard to feel optimistic about it, though. You know, he's probably going to be gone for what's going to feel like two years. Um, it's going to be tough, man. And, and I hate, I hate to even say that, man, for his own. His mind state, um, you know, to be away from that long. He's a guy who you know, if anything, he loved being a member of the Memphis Grizzlies. He loved being out there with his brothers, who he's been with, you know, since, you know, when this whole Grizz Next Gen thing started, he was in that first class of kids with John Morant, you know, and, and him, it's been him, John, Jaron, ever since that, you know, that rookie, you know, the uh, the Rising Stars weekend. I was there in uh, Chicago watching those three Grizzlies together and him not being here for what's going to feel like two years. It's going to be tough. Um, you guys, of course, are listening to the Grind Season Podcast with Anthony Sane and Jason Smith. Free on the uh, free Odyssey app. And make sure you guys are subscribing. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at Grind Season P-O-D. Um, final segment of the show. Uh, at this point, Jason Smith, I was so known at everything that had happened, including watching our University of Memphis Tigers suffer a tough loss on mm. a buzzer beater against Houston. Uh, I was just so numb to everything, man. Just going through, looking at John Morant as a as a fan, as a media member, as a parent, as a dad. Just looking at him through all those different eyes. Uh, looking at that whole situation, the Brandon Clark stuff, being without Adams, not getting any medical update from the Grizzlies. His three to five weeks are over with. You ain't heard nothing about Stephen Adams. Seeing Zaire Williams struggle, you know, what I mean, just so many emotions. Grizzlies or just Memphis basketball emotions. I was. Um, Watching the game, and I was like, let me go ahead and turn this on just to see the score. And I saw the Grizzlies were down early in the third quarter, and out of nowhere they just started going crazy and started coming back. 
Ty is yeah, Ty just started going nuts. Bane's going nuts. Santi's taking dudes off the dribble, dunking on them, looking like Pal Gasol out there when he dunked on KG. And I said, I can't believe this weird-ass team is about to have me up. It looks like 1 o'clock in the morning about to win this game that I did not think they were going to win. And I was sitting there mad, like, I just wanted to go to bed. This team is going to make me stay up because they've made on this crazy on this crazy run, 51 points in the third quarter. And I stayed up to damn near what felt like 1 o'clock in the morning, probably more like midnight, to see the Grizzlies squander away this lead and just see Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and Russell Westbrook, of all people, just big boy us, grown man us, plus the referees. I will say that there were some egregious calls down the end. But uh, I was absolutely disgusted, Jason Smith, to see my Memphis Grizzlies choke away that four-quarter lead, which I think was as much as 15 in the, in the fourth at one point. But, yeah, man, sad case, man, sad case. Yeah, especially you, you mentioned 51 in the third. You thought you were well on your way to victory uh, in the game. And it's one thing to lose to Denver, right, a team that's running away with the West, you know, two nights before, but it's another thing to lose to a – even without even without John Morant, a Clippers team that lost five in a row uh, coming into that game you knew was desperate, but that you, you're just pouring it on in the third quarter. The Clippers played no defense, and that's why they will not – they are not legit. Uh, at one point this season, I believe they would get healthy and would be a factor in the playoffs, but they are – they are giving up. They they cannot stop a bread wagon. Back to the point. Um, because you, you it looked like it in that third quarter, and you couldn't take advantage. It's been two straight fourth quarters now. We've seen again these collapses that were, you know, all too familiar from early in the year when the Grizzlies were struggling. Seventeen points in the last two fourth quarters. One of those with Ja, you know, against Denver, and then last night without Ja Morant. So those fourth quarters have been terrible these past two games, and you just mm-hmm. hope. There's some sort of way this team can salvage the road trip uh, with a win tomorrow night at Crypto against the Lakers. That's it. Lakers two and two without LeBron, and before yep. that, we're four and one since so six and three since the trade deadline. They're mm-hmm. not going to lay down for you now. They're right there in the you know tied for the ten spot. Um, Lakers are no pushover, and Anthony Davis is playing well. Yeah, for sure, and I'm sure he wants you know a little revenge um, after well, waiting loss. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, sometimes, man, it's tough times. You try to focus on the court, but there's so much going on off the court uh, when you're seeing a young man struggle with himself the way that uh, John Moran is. Um, like I said, we're all wishing the best for him. We all want to see him come back stronger, better than ever mentally, man, making better decisions, like you said, for himself, for his family, for his kids, for uh, his friends, for this city, for this organization for his teammates. Um, but like I said, man, these are the growing pains you deal with uh, with young men who who clearly need some help and clearly need to make better decisions. Um, but for Jason Smith, this is Anthony Sane. We thank you guys for uh, tuning in. We we have no seasoning for you all today. We'll, we'll, we'll give them some seasoning when Wednesday when we record again. Uh, that, that sounds fair enough to me. But like I said, for Jason Smith, this is Anthony Sane. And you guys, please keep grinding.